We're starting a brand new series today uh, called Enlarge, and today's message is called World of Nations. It's not a zombie movie apocalypse thing. It's just called World of Nations. But um, one of the most popular verses in the scriptures, um, and you might see it in many places, and you even see it, I think, if you turn the bag around for Forever 21 at Fairview, you'll see the verse there. And who could finish this verse? Or at least this, for God so loved? So we'll say, for God so loved the? World. Awesome. When you think about that, I mean, when you think of the word world, when you think of, you know, this scripture being written about God's purpose, about God's plan, what comes to mind when you think world? When you think just that concept what comes to mind? Do you remember the, the, the day your world expanded? Remember the, day, the first day your, your world got a little bit bigger? I was 16, and uh, my family decided to go to the sunny state of Florida. And we uh, jumped in a van, and um, I remember actually on our way, we actually went into a ditch because of the snow. But we got out, and then we kept going. And so I was 16, and we were staying somewhere. I think it was around Cocoa Beach area. But of course, we've never been to Florida. And so we thought, well, we got to go see what's in Florida. Disney, right? So we're in Disney. And I remember we went to Epcot Center. And Epcot Center just blew my mind because we went to this thing called the Circle of Time. And you sat in, a, in an auditorium, but the auditorium moved. I don't know if, if any of you have been to this. It moves. I, don't, I can't remember if the stage moved or the auditorium moved, but something moved and it shook my world. Because we started, we started from like, I don't know, 100 years ago, and then every scene would change and just show the, the, the progress of society and, and technology. And I remember there was something about that trip that just kind of like, oh, that expanded my world. The world was bigger than I thought it was after I went to Disney. Now, maybe Disney doesn't really bust your bubble too much, and you're like, whatever, I've been there, done that, and all that kind of stuff. What, what, you know, was there a day when your world started to expand? When you realized the world was bigger than your world? That the world was bigger than your world. Did you have one of those moments? Maybe something happened. Maybe it was a trip. Maybe it was a news story. Maybe you met a, a kid from school that spoke a different language for, for, uh, for, you know, as you or came from a different country as you. And you, you started to you know, realize, oh, there's, the world is bigger than just my world. Um, maybe you met someone um, you know, and you realize, oh, okay, wait a second. Their world doesn't revolve around beaver tails, puts in and the Habs. It's like, you mean you don't care about that stuff? You know, there's other people outside of us. Remember the first trip I took, now Beth can put the picture up. The first trip I took was, uh, was a trip to Cuba on Cubana Air. Now, here, this was my wife and I, this was our honeymoon, and um, I never crossed an ocean before. And then when friends was hear, were hearing that we were going to Cuba on Cubana Air, they told us all the horror stories. They're like, don't you know they don't fix that airline? They're old Russian parts. They don't, you know. And I remember being on that airplane, and I heard, like I've been on other airplanes since, and I've never heard the wind like I heard in Cubana Air. And, and I've never gone to a bathroom like they have in Cubana Air either. It was shaking. There was no toilet paper. And my, and my tray would never stay up in front of me. Like you'd want to keep your tray up, it just kept falling down. It was not a great experience. We landed... And my world expanded for the first time. It was like, I'm across the water. Something is different. 
And um, I don't know if, if there was something that has happened to you that has changed your worldview. Now, Cuba was just, didn't really fully change my worldview. There's been other things since. But it was the beginning of that. God so loved the world. Not just our world, but the world. And so often, it's so easy because we can get caught up in our own life where we hijack God's plan for the world and make it all about God's plan for my world. Where we hijack God's plan for everyone or the planet and we make it about us. Now, in many ways, it is about us. We sang this morning, we worshiped, we, we broke bread and, and, um, and took wine and remembered what Christ did for you, for me. And it isn't about you, but, but it's bigger than you. So today we start this series called Enlarge to really see if we can have an expanded view of the world, expanded view of God's love for the world, expanded view of mission. And what is mission And how do we engage in God's mission, not just in our neighborhoods and networks, but even beyond that? And so I want to start today thinking about that. And here's this definition I kind of wrote to to help us think about this, that mission is joining God's bigger story of redeeming the world he loves. That mission is joining God's bigger story of redeeming the world he loves. See, there's the world and then there's our world. And there's our story and then there's God's bigger story. And we want to reflect on that bigger story today as we jump into this three or four week series. See, often we read the Bible and it's so easy to make every story about us. And it's, and partly we do need to read the Bible in that way. We want God to speak to us and he does. And often you'll hear preachers, you know, use a story in the scriptures and just make sure that we can maybe become like that person, you know, become like David and kill your Goliaths, become like Moses and free a nation, become like Esther and lead a people and, you know, become like Ruth and, 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 and see a different horizon and become like Gideon and have faith or Samson and have strength. And often we can read those stories. And we should find ourselves at some point in this story. But where we can make the mistake is we forget to recognize there's a bigger story going on that connects all those stories. That connects David and Moses and Esther and Paul and Peter and Jesus in the climax of this. Jesus told his disciples, the end of of Matthew's gospel we read, and there's various um, similarities in the other gospels that the disciples got commissioned mission. And at the end of Matthew's gospel, we read Jesus' words to his disciple, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, of all nations. I mean, what were the disciples thinking when they heard that word, all nations? They were with Jesus for about three years. They probably canvassed 40 or 50 kilometers at the most in their three years with Jesus, even the villages they would walk to and come back to, and the places they would go to with Jesus. Uh, scholars of the, that century would tell us that if Jesus stood on one of the mountains in the region and put his hands out like this and looked from side to side, that's basically the extent of where he traveled. So the disciples didn't travel further than that either. They were pretty much within a small kilometer radius. And yet Jesus says, go and make disciples of all nations. I mean, how would the disciples have understood Jesus' statement? In some ways, they probably were kind of blown away. Jesus, you, you know, recently you just told us to go to the next town and come back. I mean, nation seems pretty overwhelming for us right now. 
Um, Jesus, you've, you know, you've, you've showed us how to, how to stop and be with people and talk to people and pray with people and, and even you know, see people come to follow you and baptize them. And the disciples did all that stuff. But now you're talking about the nations. Seems big. It wasn't that brand new of a story for them. In fact, when Jesus said those words to make the disciples of all nations, it fit into a bigger story that was already taking place in the scriptures. Because the scriptures is a story about the nations. If, we, if, you, if you have your Bible, turn to Genesis chapter 12. Genesis chapter 12, verse 1. We're just going to read three verses here. And um, just as we read this, we'll just, we want to just allow God to speak into our own hearts about this. Why don't we pray just before we read? God, um, I guess our request right now is you just expand our own hearts and minds. Help us to see what you want us to see. Help us to discern and understand your bigger story here. We just say yes um, to what you want to do in us this morning. Whether we're exploring you for the first time or we've been discovering you and following you for years. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So here's Genesis chapter 12, verse 1 to 3. And we meet Abraham, and we talked about him in in a series back in February for one of the messages, but coming back to this and looking at a different angle, the Lord said to Abraham, and Abraham later, his name was changed to Abraham, and that's Abraham in the Bible, the popular one. The Lord said to Abraham, go from your country and your people and your father's household to the land I will show you. And then that's what God tells Abraham. I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. Just leave that up for a bit. All peoples on earth will be blessed for you. here's, Here's Abraham getting this unique call, unique discovery of the God he has met recently, and this God is telling him that he's going to leave his familiar surroundings, the little world he's a part of, and he's going to move to another area. And so his world's going to expand a little bit. But then even beyond that, we read that, that God will make him into a great nation, not just Abraham and his family. And at that point, it was his wife. And only about 100 years later was one child. So this was a slow process from Abraham to great nation. It's pretty slow. And so it was a hard promise to, to stay faithful to and a hard promise to believe. But slowly, slowly, as we walk through the scriptures, as we look through history, it actually happens. And God says, I will make you into a great nation. And then towards the end, he says, and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. That must have blown Abraham's mind. All peoples on earth will be blessed through you. Maybe he was thinking of the other nations he, was, he already knew of. Maybe he was thinking of the Sumerian, Mesopotamian culture that he came from. Maybe he was wondering who he was going to meet along the way. All peoples on earth will be blessed through you. And here's God at this moment, after the world has reflected its brokenness or expressed its brokenness because of sin, is, is choosing one person to become one nation or people to reach many nations. 
We get a little bit of clarity in Genesis chapter 18, verse 18, where again, Abraham is reminded of this as, as God is, is, um, is working and highlighting some of the issues that are going on in Sodom and Gomorrah. And he's like, says this, Abraham, he affirms Abraham and he's talking. He says, Abraham will surely become a great and powerful nation and all nations on earth will be blessed through him. All nations on earth will be blessed through him. Imagine this moment when it's like, oh, here's my world and this is what God is talking about, the nations. And what's God going to do? Why is God doing this? What is God up to? What is he planning? Why is Abraham being called? What's the end game? What's the end game of all this? And the end game is blessing. In the end game is blessing. Five times in these three verses do we read the word bless or blessing or blessed. It's the word barak in Hebrew. And it means like sudden surprise or surprising good news. The word would mean that, to be suddenly surprised with good news. Have you ever been suddenly surprised with good news? I was finishing my master's degree a couple of years ago, and I remember I had paid up all my tuition fees, and, um, and so it was a couple of thousand dollars, you know, several thousand dollars for the year, and I was done. I was finished, and so I was on my account. You know, now in university, you just kind of go online, and everything's online, your marks, your, your, your accounts, everything. So I'm online, I'm checking this, I'm saying, make sure I'm all... I'm all wrapped up for this because I want to graduate, right? And then I go to my student account file and I see like $800 in brackets. Brackets means you don't owe it. It's owed to you. I'm like, $800? What, what happened, you know? So I told Frank, I said, Frank, there's $800 that they want to credit me from the school. And so I totally didn't believe it. I called, I called the, because the, I'm thinking, I'm going to use, I'm going to take this. I'm going to use it. I'm going to waste it. And then in a month later, some lady from the office is going to say, Mr. Manoff, I'm sorry we made a mistake, but that was our fault. You still owe us. Actually, now you owe us more because we gave you more money. So, so I called the office and I said, okay, can you check my file? It says that you guys owe me $800, but I've paid. And so she said, yeah, it seems to be right. I said, are you sure? Can you just check one more time? Because I have to be absolutely certain about this. And she went through my file and I said, this is not maybe like something from the past or I want... She says, no, trust me, you're going to get the money. Well, how do you want it? So I said, okay, great. That was a blessing, all right? That is a sudden surprise of good news, right? That, that's what that kind of feels like and something that's beyond your expectations. It wasn't like eight bucks in brackets. It wasn't 80 bucks. It was $800 in brackets. So I think, I hope I put it to good use. But anyways, actually, just on a side note, I put it in a different account just to make sure because I thought maybe they're going to call me in six months and, and mess me up. But, um, but here's, here's the whole part, part of this, this purpose. It's this idea of blessing. And when Abraham heard it, he, was, he had this sudden surprise of good news because God didn't just say, I'm going to bless the nations. He said, Abraham, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to bless you. And you're going to be a blessing to people around you. And you will bless the nations. The nations will be blessed by you. Talk about surprise. He will be blessed. He will be a blessing to others. And the nations will be blessed by him. That's huge. The backdrop of this blessing is Genesis chapter 3 to 11. 
Because if we can read the, 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 the creation account in Genesis 1 and 2 and see how God creates the world and, and, and discover the relationship we've been created for with God, the relationship we've been created for with one another, the relationship we've been created for for the planet, the world. But that breaks down in Genesis 3 when sin enters the world. And those three relationships are broken. Our relationship with God, our relationship with each other, and our relationship with the world. And often when people ask me, how, how are you certain that sin is around? And I just say, how are you doing in these three relationships? <laughs> how is our world doing in these three relationships? We're, we're messing up the planet. There's a lot of conflict among people. And people are often searching for their relationship with God or something beyond themselves. In Genesis 3 to 11, we see the world spiraling into chaos. Murder takes place. Cain kills Abel. Disconnection takes place. Um, Labor and childbirth and work and all these different things take a different twist. And then we see evil spreading as we read Genesis 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, and 11. And this relationship with God, with each other, and the planet has been broken. And God does not want to leave it that way. He doesn't want to leave it that way. So he comes in and he says, I want to, we, we need to bless because we need to take care of this curse of sin. And so God comes with blessing. Surprise. Blessing is on the way. And bl- as blessing comes, mission begins. As blessing is announced, mission begins. Because this phrase in, in verse 2, where it says, you will be a blessing, is an imperative phrase in Hebrew that is, is, is really an active phrase that says, be a blessing. It's a commission. It's, it's a charge to Abraham. Not just you will be a blessing, but go and be a blessing. Go and be a blessing. And mission begins because God now calls Abraham and eventually this community or nation called Israel. But then, as we see in the scriptures, this community called the church that is called to be a blessing. To be a blessing. And what's the blessing? The blessing is threefold. The blessing is is to reunite people into a loving and freeing relationship with their heavenly father to reunite people horizontally to one another because there's brokenness in our world and to also help people understand that we have a world to take care of because our relationship with the planet is broken and so god's blessing is not just um say a prayer and secure your eternity god's blessing is holistic god wants to save the world and everything in it and all the brokenness that's in it And because when you go back to Genesis 1 and 2, relationships were flourishing. Life was fruitful. Peace was evident. And so when we read about salvation in the scriptures, it's so broad. Sure, we we lead people to embrace Christ because salvation is in Jesus. But the implication of salvation is huge. And the extent of that is amazing. Later in, in Isaiah chapter 49 verse 6 God tells Israel through the prophet Isaiah, he says, it's too small for you just to think about your own little tribe. He says it up there. It's too small a thing for you to be my servant to restore the tribes of Jacob and bring back those of Israel I've kept. I will make you a light for the Gentiles or the nations that my salvation may reach to the ends of the earth. To the ends of the earth. That's so amazing. That's God's heart. That's God's desire. That's his calling. 
to bless the nations. And then we see that come up in Jesus and the church. So when Jesus tells his disciples, go and make disciples of all nations, it's not a brand new story. It's just a new chapter in a bigger story of God's call to be on mission to bless the nations. In fact, if you read the first chapter of Matthew, he starts with Abraham, that Christ is the son of Abraham. And he ends with, go to all the nations. So you see, Abraham and the nations as the bookends of Matthew's gospel about Jesus. Isn't that amazing? And then, it, and then as you, you read through the New Testament and you see someone like Paul who is so excited about seeing people come to Christ and, and discovering who God is, and as he goes from village to village and town to town, city to city, even other provinces and regions, when he's asked about this in Acts 13, he quotes Genesis 18.18. 18. He says, don't you remember that Abraham was called to become a great nation and to be a blessing to all the nations? And so Paul is saying, what I'm doing fits into God's bigger story. In fact, you rarely see the disciples in in the New Testament, in Acts and later, refer back to the Great Commission. They're already living out Genesis 12 and Genesis 18, because they have a Jewish background. And what the new chapter in Jesus affirms all that. It's so amazing to see how that works. And so Jesus and the church and you and me, we're a new chapter, but we're in the same story. Because the nations matter. So as we bring this to a close today, I want you to think about Abraham's calling. He said, God said, go. Leave your place, leave your country, leave your tribe. I'm taking you to a new land for a new purpose. God was, was kind of calling him out of, out of tunnel vision, you know? Out of like, this is just my world. And he says, no, no, there's a bigger world out there that we need to be on mission for. He was calling him out of his small perspective and saying, there's a bigger perspective I want you to see. He was, he was shaking up his worldview. He was shaking up his worldview far more than what Disney will do to you or a flight on Cubana Air. It, he was shaking up his worldview and all, what was happening is that Abraham's story was slowly being swallowed up into God's story, God's bigger story. I'll never forget when I went to Thailand a couple of years ago and I met these Christ followers that were from the Kamu tribe in Laos. I mean, that was the farthest I could be from Putsin, Canadians, and beaver tails, right? And here we were in the north of Thailand and overlooking the Mekong River and across the Mekong River was Laos. And because these believers in Laos, they were restricted to really be truly free with their faith, they brought them into Thailand to resource them and bless them and encourage them. And I'll never forget as we were sitting just around together uh, in this camp that was literally across the river from Laos and just listening to their stories and hearing them speak and trying to get through with our words The best thing was when they they sat down on the floor together, all in a circle, and they opened up their Bibles after we had our sessions, and they were together going through their Bibles and encouraging each other, and no one was bothering them. They were free to do it. That would would be a little bit more difficult than layoffs. And I, I, I can't tell you how my, like, little pockets of my mind was exploding, because I was realizing the world is bigger than my world. God's mission is bigger than my mission. God's story is bigger than my story. And so today, as we start off this series, I want us to just come back to this this, uh, definition about mission. Mission is joining God's bigger story of redeeming the world he loves. 
joining God's bigger story of redeeming the world he loves. And today, if you've been following Christ for, for years, maybe this is fresh to you. Maybe it's like, oh my, am, am I, do I really see the world as God's world? Maybe you're here today and you're, you're just exploring Jesus and you're wondering, what does this mean for me? Part of what this means for you is God's had a mission for you all along and he loves you. And you're part of the bigger story that he, he sent people on mission for. Let me just say something here about what some, some people talk about election in the scriptures. You know, we talk about how people maybe are chosen to follow Christ or elected. And we read that in the scriptures, how, how people are, you know, how we feel chosen by God to follow him. Imagine Abraham would have felt his, him being chosen by God meant no one, everyone else was rejected. That wouldn't be the case, right? Abraham was chosen by God, not so others would be rejected, but so everyone would be blessed. The nation of Israel was chosen, not because the other nations were rejected, but because Israel's purpose was to be a blessing to the nations. And you and I are chosen in Christ and part of his church, not because others are rejected, but because we are called to be a blessing to others. We're called to reach out to others. So here, here's, my, here, here's how we're going to end this today. One, we're just kind of starting with this way in this introduction, just to kind of help us move, move forward. But I want to introduce you to one way or a couple of ways we're going to practice this this month. And, um, and it's this. The way we want to expand our worldview, enlarge our worldview here at Westside, is we want to partner with two specific organizations this month. And one of them is MB Mission, and one of them is MCC, Mennonite Central Committee. And we want to do this because we want to be a blessing beyond ourselves. We want to be a blessing beyond our neighborhood. We want to be a blessing beyond our own world. And so these two partnerships, the first one is, is MB Mission. MB Mission is Mennonite Brethren Mission. It's a group of churches we're a part of. And they're the group that I happen to go to Thailand with as well. But they're in many, many parts of the world. And when you see the work they're doing, we've been working with them and chatting with them and saying, How, can we partner with one of your stories? So we've been praying for the last few months. And they've given us two or three options in, in you know, nations, projects, areas of the world, different kind of, of, uh, of focuses. And... As we've been praying, we've been discerning one specific project. And it was interesting because we heard a few projects, myself, our leadership team, and throwing the seeds with others in our church community. And one seemed to rise to the top. And it was this one story that's starting in Central Asia. And the story in Central Asia is unique because um, after, after years of praying, MB Mission has been praying for Central Asia, and particularly the country of Turkey, and as they've been praying for that, five years later, five families have moved to Central Asia to, to be on mission and to, and to resource small pockets of believers there. And so, so it's really the beginning of what's going on in this area of the world. The, the highlight of, of this area of the world is really interesting because 1% of the population would consider themselves followers of Jesus. That's different than in Quebec. We would say the same thing in Quebec. But in Quebec, there's a variety of, of groups and religions and, and even faith. You know, even within the Catholic faith, there would be people that, that would say, I'm following Christ. In this area of the world, 1% is Christian, 99% are Muslim. So, so the 1% is, is a unique 1% experience for those believers in the world. By law, you're allowed to, to share, to, to, to have your faith. But when it, the rubber meets the road, you can get arrested or restricted by, for it. 
And so this one couple, Andrew and Renee, who are Canadians, have been tracking with MB Mission, and they've been living in the area for two years. And uh, they had two children going there, and one of their children, their third, was born in Central Asia. And uh, this couple has, been, has moved to Central Asia, and, and they've they're, they're, they're basically been there for a couple of years, and now they're moving into a region with 1.3 million people and one um, small church of locals. Imagine, 1.3 million people, one small church of locals. And they, they're moving in there to encourage this one local church, these Christian leaders, to disciple more and to see a prayer movement grow. Because they want to bless the nations. They want to bless the world. And I think why this catches some of our attention here at Westside as I was talking with people is we started from scratch. And here's this just starting from scratch story in Central Asia. Um, They're in a region with even less Christians than we're in. And so that, that seems very fascinating to, I think, many of us here. They're a young family moving out on mission there. There are several young families here at Westside. And lately our goal has been discipleship and prayer. And this is part of their desire there. They met one individual who's be, who became a Christian. And we're going to hear bits of their story in community groups and possibly later on in this series. But one of the things that, that this person said with a group of about 20 international Christian leaders that were in Central Asia this last year, this person said this. He looked around. There was only 20 of them. And he said, this is the largest group of Christians I've ever been with. 20 people. This is the largest group of Christians I've ever been with. And when you ask them what their deepest desire is, it's relationship, encouragement, support, and prayer. Funding's important too, but part of that is they often feel alone. So what my challenge to us is as a church is would we choose to bless this nation? Can we bless this nation? Partner with MB Mission and this team. This couple needs support. The local believers need support. This, these five families in general as they move forward. You know the amazing thing when I see this story is when I went to Thailand, it looks like 10 or 12 years after this story as people poured in and blessed and prayed and supported. And in Thailand, there's multiple teams now and, 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 and four or five or six or seven churches and and we see the fruit growing. And I'm, I'm just wondering, can we be at the beginning of this story? Can we bless the nations this way and bless this story? So here's what I'm going to ask you to do this month. And I ask you, just initially, starting this week, would you pray? Start praying for Central Asia and say, Lord, how will you, how will you lead me to give? Because part of this is support for people like this to be there, to be on the ground. And so for this, at the beginning of this, can we say, Lord, how would you have me give? How would you have me sponsor this? Wouldn't it be amazing if at the end of May we could, we could bless this project with five or more thousand dollars towards what they're doing, towards mission and discipleship on the ground? We're going to have the chance to meet this couple in June as they're going to be in, the, in, in Canada and hear more stories around that. But for now, can we say, God, I'm going to pray. And then some, at some point in this month, I'm going to give. I'm going to give beyond what I normally do to bless this nation. As you leave today, you're going to get a flyer that just reminds you about that. But but can we just start that way and say, God, what would you have me give to bless the nations? Whatever you give, it doesn't come to Westside. It's going to go directly to this project. And here's this other piece of that. 
We've been, the last few weeks, we've been talking about ISIS and Islam and, and refugees and, 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 and what, what has been going on in the world. And so what we want to do this month is a second piece. It's something really tangible. It's with MCC, Mennonite Central Committee. And Mennonite Central Committee, they've been in Nepal as well after the earthquake. They're, they're, all, they're in many regions helping people uh, transition out of a refugee situation, out of a displaced situation, out of a medical situation, whatever it might be. And remnants of ISIS or earthquakes, can we be a blessing to that? There's thousands of refugees, thousands of displaced people. And so this month, as you leave, you're going to get a flyer. And on the back of the flyer, it gives you two options. And one would be a relief kit or a hygiene kit. And the relief kit is just a small kit, maybe valued at about $10, that, that, will, that will help someone in need that literally doesn't have a bar of soap or a toothbrush. The, the, this relief, sorry, that's a hygiene kit. The relief kit would be for a family. Imagine a family that is displaced because of ISIS or displaced because of an earthquake or displaced because of a warlord or something. And, all they, and, and just receiving a towel or a bar of soap to wash their skin or to wash their clothes, would, would, wouldn't that be a sudden surprise of good news? Wouldn't that be amazing to just bless them? MCC has distributed 12,000 of these in the last year, but the needs are growing and growing and growing because of some of the world issues going on. So I'm going to stop there and just ask us as we, we close today, as, as we're expanding our view of the world, these two areas... Would we bless disciple-making and mission in Central Asia? Would we be that kind of church that would think beyond ourselves and bless this project and see what the Lord would have through that and what we're going to learn through that? And secondly, would we be the kind of people that would bless, surprise with this good news of, of a relief kit or a hygiene kit to a refugee in another part of the world? Wouldn't that be amazing? Wouldn't that be phenomenal? Let's stand and pray as we, as we close. God, we, we know that your mission in the world is much greater than even the two stories we just mentioned. But we need to start somewhere. And um, we want to be a community. We want to be a chapter of your church in the world that thinks beyond ourselves. We thank you that, that we have been the benefits of the bigger story that we have been the benefits, God, of you calling Abraham to be a blessing to the nations. That your people throughout history, whether it was initially Israel or now through your church, God, we are the benefits. We have benefited because of this. We have been blessed because we are in relationship with you. And you are overflowing into relationship with others. And God, you are teaching us and molding us to love our world. God, we've been blessed. Lord, we want to join you in your bigger story. God, would you, as we take time the next week or so, to reflect on how we can contribute, how we can give how we can put a kit together or how we can give a monetary donation to bless this project in Central Asia. God, we pray that that you would move our hearts. Um, Ultimately, we want to do your will. And so however you might lead us in this regard, 
um, we want to be able to say yes to. So God, we just we bring this to you in your name and we just pray for any of us here, God, today that are longing to even grow in your story in a, in a bigger way. God, would you captivate our hearts? Would you expand our, our view of who you are and your mission? And for some here today that are looking to know you in a deeper way, may they know even here today, God, that you love them and that they're here today because there's a bigger story, because you are a God of mission, because you have sent people to share your love and your grace into the world. God, may they see even them being here today an act of your love. And if they've even caught just a bit of revelation of who you are, God, may they know that is because you love them and you long for them to know you and be in your family and follow Jesus. God, we pray this in Christ's name. Amen.